Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Way is Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 81. Donovan is a very happy boy because we are finally talking about his uh, love in life, um, e-bikes. And (laughs) to help us with that, we have his other love of his life, Alyssa. Second. Second love. Second love. You've been demoted. Um, so this has come about because over the course of COVID and Donovan doing the Mundabidi on what he likes to call his acoustic bike, mm-hmm. um, you developed a love for e-biking that then became kind of the replacement for your second car, which kind of died. Mm. Um, so let's talk about the, the whys of the e-bike and why you love them so much. So I've been wanting one for... Probably about three or four years. He's been talking about it nonstop. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the technology wasn't quite there yet. And also, I think there was, you know, the expense was a difficult thing to get across the line with Alyssa. Yeah, I was a non-believer. But, you know, I saw a lot of benefits to it. Uh, Initially, my thoughts were getting something that, you know, you can just get a runabout around town. Uh, and to, you know, cycle on bike paths. But then doing the Mandabidi, I felt, oh, there's an opportunity here. And the technology had gotten to a stage where I think the e-bike was finally able to do something like the Mandabidi. So, you know, having our second car gone and we hadn't replaced it initially because I was flying to Melbourne all the time. But, you know, COVID has made that uh, not happen mm. <laughs> for over a year now. So, you know, I was finding I needed to travel more to get stuff during the day. And, you know, I think eventually I was able to convince Alyssa that we should get one. And we did get one in March this year. And then a second one just recently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So do you want to explain like what type of e-bike you've got, like the misconceptions around what they are? Because I was quite surprised. I didn't realize until you were looking at them that they actually come in cross-country bikes so that was kind of cool that they're now expanding into all the different ranges yeah so it started out as really just um you know electric bikes were more of a road bike kind of of uh you know that was the niche um and more in sort of the not when i say road bike i'm not saying like the lycra road bikes i'm saying yeah like a commuter bike yeah a commuter bike a hybrid sort of thing and then I think someone kind of saw the potential of it in mountain bikes. So with, with electric bikes in general, uh, in Australia, we don't really have throttle bikes. You can get them, but I think they're illegal. I don't think that they're actually road uh, ready, but basically it's a bike that has pedal assistance and goes up to 25 kilometers an hour with pedal assistance, at which point, if you want to go faster, you have to push harder. And there's a roll-off after 25 that kind of ends at about 27 on the bikes that we have, at which point you can feel that it's it's all you after that point. Mm. Um, and what they've done, I guess, that's really cool is that mountain bikes have been now designed with electric. And I think this is a great, um, you know, there's a great benefit there that is made it more, I guess, more sporty and more outdoorsy and that you can then take it this bike anywhere and it has the capacity to do things that would be quite difficult to do in a normal bike and give you that sort of superhuman boost when you're doing really difficult hills and a lot of other things that are 
quite challenging. Um, I guess its its main benefits are the hills are easier, it gives you a bit of assistance there. Acceleration is better, and um, things like the wind. Like today, I went for a ride, and it was super windy, but it just took that edge off, so that it was you know more fun. And I guess that's that's the main thing I'd say with electric bikes is like, do you like fun? Then you like an electric bike. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk to talk through the two bikes that you purchased this year mm. and the kind of similarities and, and benefits of having those instead of, say, just like a normal commuter e-bike? Yeah, so, I mean, a normal commuter e-bike just wouldn't be able to do stuff that it, we've been able to do with it. Um, the gearing just wouldn't be, be right for climbing. It just wouldn't be, uh, you know, designed for it. Not, not rugged enough. You know, it's got... So what we have are Cube uh, Reaction Hybrid Pros, and they're like a basically like a cross country hardtail kind of bike with um, hundred you know hundred mils of travel. So not huge travel, but um, enough for the kind of stuff that we're doing, uh, which is mostly Mundabitty um, and bike packing sort of stuff, but also some uh, cross country trails, um, and you know for for that. We we have four hundred watt batteries, but you can get up to six hundred twenty five watt. Four hundred is like is plenty really for a lot of purposes. I think if you're doing like fifty k's in a day on trails, you can, that is enough. If you, you can get a hundred k's on bike paths with that if you're using the lower settings. But you know the the ranges are getting even better. Like I think now they've got like seven hundred, eight hundred. Um, and yeah, the technology just is improving every year. I seem to remember batteries were the big point for you about where the batteries placed, the make of the battery, and the technology there. When you were talking about waiting for the right time to buy it, with technology kind of moving as fast as it was. Yeah, because you know the batteries are very expensive. So like we have one spare battery on top of the two that we had without that come came with the bikes. That's a thousand dollars just for the battery. Wow. Um, so you know you kind of want to make sure that it has good range, and you don't want to have to be buying a bike where the range is going to be really limited, because buying another battery is very expensive. Yeah, to either buy a battery or buy a new hardtail mountain bike. <laughs> exactly. You know that that's like the same. My um, acoustic bike is the same price as the battery almost. Yeah. And you just want to explain through like the the different modes and settings that you can have for someone who's not ridden an e-bike before. Yeah, so the lowest setting is eco, and this uses very little battery compared to the higher settings. And there's about forty percent. Um, basically, what it is is when you pedal, whatever you give, it'll give an, give forty percent of that back from the motor. Um, when you take into account that electric bike is bloody heavy. That I think adds up to about fifteen percent. So it's not a huge amount of support, but you suddenly feel it, mm. um, particularly on on gravel and things like that. Uh, the next step is like a is called tour mode, and or trail mode depending on the model of bike. And this is one hundred and fifty percent what you give. So this is where you can really feel it, like going uphill on on this. It really just makes it so much easier. Um, and then the next step is e-mountain bike, which which is a kind of like an a automatic support mode, which goes from 150 to 280% support. 
and it kind of measures like if you if you're pushing really hard uphill and it's still not getting up to speed it'll give you a bit more and then the final mode is turbo, which is 300% support. Uh, and this is, you know, this, you're not going to be able to get a lot of Ks out of it. But if you're just spending, you know, a couple of hours at the bike park, hmm. uh, this will definitely get you up the hill easily. <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess we'd better talk about your actual experiences on the mountain bikes. Um, and this was a big part of you, Alyssa, getting into the Mundabidi because I'd heard from Donovan that you said, there's no way I'm riding the Mundabidi. Yeah, it was the one thing I was like, I'm not doing certain mountains and I'm not doing the Mundabidi. Yeah. But the e-bike has changed all that because it's, it's allowed you to enjoy it without going through the, uh, the unpleasantness of bike packing the torture yeah yep. the torture the, the uphills and the the 30 kilos of bike plus gear yeah i think um so i quite like bike riding i've always been a bike rider of some sorts but not quite in the kind of rocky gravelly forest path of the mundabidi um yeah so i'm not really used to that kind of terrain and we've done a few bike rides together on acoustic bikes like the um, Heritage Trail, the um, Railway, Reserve. Railway Reserve. And I think we did it maybe two or three times together. And each time at some point I cried or got off my bike and refused to get back on for a while. Just because it's just, I just couldn't keep up with Don. I really struggled. Obviously, I mean, I, yeah, I just couldn't keep up. And it was just starting to get really deflating. Um, whereas the electric so Don got one earlier in the year and for a long time I would ride it while he'd ride the acoustic and suddenly I had this support and this little boost and I was in front which was a really nice change <laughs> um, and Don had to struggle to keep up with me and he mm. was the one getting frustrated that he was left behind and I, I got to understand how dispiriting it is to yeah. even though you're managing the hill to be really far behind and having yeah. to push hard to try it's and keep up. It's the mental aspect, I yeah. think. Because even as, I mean, as I've been riding now, like I think I can, if I had an acoustic bike, I think I could push myself further and probably get for, like, be much more competent because mm. I've had this experience. So I think it gives you that little confidence and kind of takes that edge off to really try new things. Um, so, yeah, the... Doing the Heritage Trail again with the electric bike was like a game changer of like, oh, this is why Don wanted it. Okay, I get it now. And I was very sceptical before because I just didn't think the price value, price versus value was really there. I was like, we've got bikes. Why do we need mm. an electric one? doesn't make sense. It's just a really expensive bike. Yeah. Um, but I suppose if like you've got bikes, acoustic bikes that are there, but you're not really using them. Exactly. Having the e-bike that you're going to use all the time yep. really makes sense. Yeah. So it means I'm out. I want to actually ride the bike now, whereas before I'd be like, meh, I could do something that's a bit. I feel a bit better about in my body. Mm. Whereas this kind of takes that edge off. Um, I find I can tailor it to what I feel that day as well. Like I'm feeling really energetic and competent. I might stay on eco. Um, and really f still feel it in my legs, still feel it in my body, but being able to like still move and kind of have that li little bit of support. And then on days or even throughout one ride, just go, okay, now I'm stunned to tire or this bit's a bit sandy. I'm going to add some support. And it just means more consistently I can 
keep riding as opposed to before where I'd be like, go up the hill, up the hill, and stop and have a break and go really slow. Whereas now I'm like, I can tailor my energy level with the bike. Kind of like the way you'd use gears to support yourself in, in the terrain. Now I can also use the gears and the energy level of the bike and myself to kind of keep them, keep everyone moving. Yeah. So would you now that the weather's getting a bit uh, better, would you consider commuting to work on your e-bike? Would that be a thing that you Well, would... I've got a friend who has an e-bike, not not quite the same as me. She's got a um, commuter bike yeah. um, and we're both very keen to try it out. I think that I work as a teacher. The kids will probably get a kick out of seeing us ride off after work. <laughs> um, but yeah, the plan is to try and give that a go. So we, yeah. It's going to be a bit of a ride, but yeah, definitely. Because we'll really talk about this a bit later, but like Don is a big, like everyone should have one of these as a commuter option. And it just makes sense because like, you don't really have to push yourself too much. So if your work doesn't have end of trip facilities, mm. most of the time you're not going to rock up to work like super sweaty and hot and bothered and need a, a shower. You could probably just cycle in your work clothes on a cool day. Yeah. So we'd better get on to your first major e-biking, backpacking trip that you did. So you did Pemberton to Nanup plus an extra day Mm -hmm. just recently. Was that July? July, yeah. This was instead of our planned trip to the (laughs) Thorsman Trail. The will never happen trip. (laughs) The will never happen trip, yeah. Uh, But, you know, it was so much fun. Uh, And it was just great to be able to ride with Alyssa because... You know, what we did here was I picked fairly doable days. Like on an electric, I think you could easily double quite a bit of it. But I wanted to make sure that Alyssa had fun this first time. And so we did shorter days, um, just town to town days. And I think the section is probably one of the best sections for people to, uh, who maybe are new to bike packing, both acoustic and electric, Mm. to experience the trail. Yeah, because basically from Donnybrook through the Northcliffe, you're in a town every night. That's right. So you've yeah. got charging options, you've got accommodation, food. So and good, I think good that was the big appeal of not having to carry a tent and all the cooking gear and all that jazz. Like we, we've obviously Don's invested in some packing gear for his bike, but not for two people necessarily. Mm. So it made it a bit easier for that what, that reason. Mm. Plus, I like sleeping in a bed. That was a very good. I was looking forward to this stretch (laughs) for that reason. I was like, I'm quite happy not to sleep in a little foam mattress. So, so what did you guys carry on this trip between you? So just clothes and a bit of food for the day. Yeah, basically. So I didn't have my rear rack yet. Uh, I just had the front bag, um, which is I have like a kind of uh, structured front bag, so I can have the camera and stuff in the front and food. And I also have a front sort of roll bag that Alyssa had on her bike. So we were then able to divide our, our stuff up and then we had backpacks, um, which, you know, I prefer not riding with a backpack, but at that stage we didn't have the rear racks sorted out. Mm. Yeah, so literally just first aid, clothes, snacks. Nice. That's pretty much it. And how did you find the riding? So Donovan, you've done it on an acoustic bike. Was it different, not have really having to worry about the muscles being sore and all the heels and everything? Was it just out there enjoying the scenery? I mean, it's still a workout. Uh, definitely because 
uh, because... You still have to put it in to get it back. Yeah. So. Cause, especially because, you know, doing the the Ks, you can't use the heavy assist settings. Mm. So I'm spending most of my time in eco mode, which, you know, if you take the weight and the power equivalents of 15%, is not a huge amount more. And then I was using Tor on the hills, which, you know, that does make a big difference. Whereas I've probably stuck more generally to tour and then fluctuated up to e-mountain bike when I really needed the kick up the hill. Mm. So Alyssa had a 500-watt battery and I had a 400 just to balance it out and we had a spare just in case. We uh, ran out. Yeah, particularly for Alyssa because um, I think if the battery ran... Because she was using more power, if the battery ran out, it would be more problematic. Yeah. Um, to switch bikes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's what I suggested. <laughs> yeah, because there are some some big hills going that way, mm. um, especially the the first couple of days. Actually, all the way into Manjimup, mm. it's pretty pretty hilly going that way. Yeah. So I think what the good thing about it is that you stay in a you can if you're using the power settings right and just managing the battery enough that you don't overdo it that it is basically mostly an aerobic experience rather than having to push to the point where you're huffing and puffing in an anaerobic state. Mm. So in that way, it's kind of, you know, it's probably more, that's probably when your energy use is most efficient. So you can push yourself right to the edge of that and then go, okay, I need a bit, a bit more assistance. And that's that really helps make the experience, I think, um, quite enjoyable while still being a workout. Mm. And enjoyment-wise, Alyssa, how did you rate this compared to doing a similar kind of stretch on the Billman? I hate to say it, but I'm, I, I'd much prefer to do a bike ride now than the Billman <laughs> over five days. I just think the impact on my body, like um, obviously I've got an assisted item as opposed to Bibbleman where it's just me in the pack, mm. um, but the impact on my joints I think was... I just didn't know how I was going to feel after like five days of riding. And yes, my muscles hurt. Like I had some aches, but in no way close to what I'd feel like at the end of a hike of five days on the Bibbleman, especially that up and down, um, where I probably would like walk like a, I don't know, like a cowboy who's been on a bike for (laughs) ages, a horse for ages. Yeah. I, I felt a lot more in my body. I could keep going. I think I had energy level issues, like maybe my I probably needed to eat more on the on the bike, but um, because I'm still putting out quite a lot of energy. But just in terms of my body, I felt like I could keep moving, like I had the stuff still. Mm. So I think for that reason, yeah, a little more enjoyable in the sense of feeling more competent and being able to, I guess, the engagement with the track as well is quite different. The way in which you're like focusing on obviously the ground and the things around you and you get to experience the environment in quite a different way than on the on the bib. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You certainly see a lot more during the day. Yeah. There's a lot, yeah. Especially like yeah, Pemberton through to Manjumup, it's farms, it's forests. Yeah. It's a lot there. I quite like going fast, which I know from the car. so i feel like this translates a little bit into the bike where i'm like or maybe it's being a bit impatient like Mm. i quite enjoy the sense of like going being able to 
mentally say, okay, I went from Pemberton to Quinnanup and like look at it on the map and be like, whoa, yeah, I mm. went there, I went that far. Like it's, it's, there's a satisfaction there as well mm. with doing them under Biddy. Yeah, I do enjoy that like one of the maps can just be one day. Yeah. And like you can like snake and then like onto the other side and you're like, I did all that in a day. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. something, it's fun, something different and fun about that. Mm. So how did it go with the charging at night? Because I know some of the accommodation, especially Quinn and Up in the eco resort, <laughs> how did you go charging the batteries from just basic cabin accommodation? Yeah, that, it was fine. I mean... Look, our charges that you get free with the bike are the slowest charges, but that's actually better for your battery. Uh, the faster charges can be problematic for battery life. Um, but, you know, overnight's fine. And we, we, ne we never really used more than the two, except for one day where the battery ran out. But Literally like a couple of kilometres from exactly. Donnelly River. So, you know, if you, two kilometers, not worth charging. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, it was pretty easy to go. And, you know, uh, the even Quinnan Up amazingly had like a power board. So we could just plug in mm. everything, um, even though, you know, the accommodation is very basic and rustic. It, it actually was perfect for our, our needs. Nice. And what was the highlight of the trip? Because July was quite wet. Mm. Did you, you had to ride through some storms and some heavy rain. Did that affect you on the e-bikes at all or was it just... I think we lucked out. We were anticipating worse weather um, because the forecast kept saying things like like these crazy storms, which definitely hit, but I think we, we tend to be people on these adventures to get up early, get moving fast. And on an e-bike, I think we were riding like three hours a day. So it wasn't even... Like, we were able to very fast get those Ks under us. So mm. I think, like, if we left at, like, 9, we were done by, like, lunch. And then most of often the crazy weather was hitting after lunch. So yeah. we kind of got under shelter by then. I think what I really enjoyed about this trip was... Because when we hiked, we don't really hike together a lot. On the flats, maybe. But whenever there's a hill, there's... a there's a huge gap between us. What are you saying? Well, just, just that, joking. you know, we, we, have an know. we have an agreement that we hike at our speed and then I'll wait. There's yep. no turbo mode in hiking. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it was really nice to just have, there were long stretches where we got to cycle together and it made, made me more appreciative of when the, the track was a bit wider because it meant that we could just ride together. Yeah, I really liked the variety of... Um, of the actual trail like it was really, there's some really amazing fun single track stuff especially kind of heading into like that Donnelly River bit that's all windy around past the river mm. one tree bridge bit and then there were sections where I, like that obviously takes quite a lot of mental concentration to make sure you don't fall and die but then <laughs> you get to points where it opens wide up to a like a um, vehicle track and usually on the bib you and I would be a bit like meh but on the bike, you're like, okay, something different. Like you can kind of speed through it a bit more, maybe think a little bit less about the techni technicality of the ride and actually just talk a bit and kind of switch off from different things or switch on to the environment. Mm. Yeah, so it's nice to have the the bikes kind of facilitate that. Hmm. 
So you talked about the technical trails. How do you find, because the bikes aren't light, they're what, 28 kilos with the battery in? I think about 25, maybe 25. 23, 25, something like that. But then yeah. you're adding the weight of our packs and yeah. all the gear. So how did you find going through those technical sections, the feel of the bike compared to a normal bike? Did you have more confidence, less confidence? Um, I... Liked going up more than I liked going down, which, <laughs> which is I know odd, is a weird odd, thing yeah, to say because, <laughs> but like, I quite enjoyed the up bits because, yeah, you get that momentum and that push, and I quite enjoyed the like cardio aspect of it. But like, the down bits definitely, I could feel the weight of the bike and myself. Um, little no, I like that's also me getting used to bike riding, mountain biking, um, feeling confident in the terrain and the bike. And also some of the switchbacks that switch back out of Cartaburna. Um, I did not feel very uh, delicate <laughs> in some of those, like trying to get those those turns, trying to go down, trying to not um, kind of spin out with the wheel and the brakes. I definitely used the front brake a lot and felt it in my shoulder. Um, so I imagine on a, on a smaller bike, much more much more nuance and a lot more agility and dexterity but i mean it's i don't i feel like it's it's a workhorse more than a than a show pony (laughs) (laughs) i'll say because my acoustic bikes are 27.5 and before that i had a 26 so i'm used to the more nimble smaller wheels Hmm. uh the 29er is a bit of a change um suddenly the good thing is you know it's a smoother ride but it also is a bit less nimble um and i definitely find that when you go to more the mountain bike park sort of stuff Mm. that the riding can be less agile going downhill so moving away from like the bike packing stuff so you've recently done like the dwelling up the new mountain bike trails there and some riding around collie yep how do you think it compares to just a normal mountain, like hardtail mountain bike? So, um, first of all, I'll preface that I'm not like in a super experienced mountain biker like in terms of this sort of stuff. Like I'm much more into the bike packing, long distance sort of stuff. Kind of flows from being a long distance hiker. Mm. Um, but I have been doing a lot of stuff with, uh, I guess, the mountain bike parks since since we, you know, we probably live in a state that has some of the best in the country uh, with a lot of investment in it. And because of that, it's good to see what people are doing. And so the last long weekend, I had a day free and I ended up just going to Dwelling Up and doing some riding. And I found in Dwelling Up, there's sort of the older trails like Turner Hill and Maranup Trail. And they're sort of more uh, cross-country bit flatter more about you know just sort of going through the forest and those those i think the electric bike being uh, a cross-country sort of bike is like really well suited for and it's a lot of fun because suddenly you find that the hills are just as fun as the downhill Mm -hmm. uh, without it being scary because i guess the problem with the really steep stuff is that the geometry of the bike is not really suited to it and because it's a hardtail it doesn't have the rear suspension to make you not be bouncing everywhere mm. so 
I found the Maranup Trail is a really good trail to kind of warm up on. Like I, if I was going to Dwelling Up, I'd go do that first, just to get to get warmed up and feel. And I did two laps of it a few weeks ago. First lap was just good, just to get a feel for it. Second time, I was able to just kind of let go a bit more, and that was just really nice. And it's a, just such a good trail for for this because there's a lot of up and down throughout the whole thing. And um, in the Murray Valley trails, I did, I've done all of the green trails and I've done a few of the blues and I'm probably not skilled enough or confident enough, I should say, to do most of the blues. I did uh, the Marin one that's kind of way too difficult for me because the descents are really technical. Yeah. Um, but then I did in Zamiya, which was a downhill and that was fantastic. To get there, you had to take the, um, it's called Fault Line or something like that, I think. To be honest, the blue uphill trails are fantastic <laughs> on an electric. Yeah. Particularly because in a mountain bike park like that, you're not going to be doing massive Ks. So you can just be in e-mountain bike mode the whole time. Mm. So you're just going uphill on with a lot of assistance. The ups just become just as fun as the downs. And um, as Alyssa said, like I felt more con i feel more confident on the ups because you have full control of the speed that you're going whereas the downs uh the, there's some bits of insomnia that i there was a bit where you go like three um like quick ups and downs and then there's a steep descent after it yeah. and the steep descent i, I stopped and went oh whoa <laughs> and i had to kind of stop and then just do it again because uh i hadn't expected it and i was going to fall had I not considered what was coming for me. Mm. Whereas with the ascending, it's probably a bit easier because you have full control. Yeah. That reminds me, of, I think I sent you the video that you'd already seen. It's just like a comedy video about like when your mate gets an e-bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It's just like two guys and one's on the e-bike, which is you. And it's just like, oh, these hills, these are great. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to share that with, uh, with everyone on the Facebook page. But yeah, I mean... It, it makes so much sense, um, mountain biking, because the worst part of doing those downhill trails is then you have to get back to the top to do another one. Yeah. And if you've got those assist modes, it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. I think when I talked about it for on the blog about the electric biking in the Southern Forest, I did say that the thing about it is it turns type two fun into type one fun. Hmm. So it just makes all of it fun and i mean Alyssa, you you haven't done any of those but when we did that section of of single track um leading into Pem so leading into manjumup you had said to me like you you really enjoyed what that was that twisting. called sort of like cross country kind of trail oh okay i don't know all the technical terms all i know is what i like when i get there <laughs> yeah and what i don't like when i get there <laughs> You know, I quite enjoy that. It's kind of like a these kind of real fast rolling kind of terrain. It's quite fun. It's like a little mini roller coaster that's not too kind of crazy. And you would never have said that before, I reckon. I know. Who am I? You're a changed woman. I know. You've been hanging God out with Don it. too much. <laughs> um so with the cuz the the motor and everything it's actually in the where the crank is. 
are you always conscious that like maybe I can't do that or that rock's too big or that log's maybe too high that you're going to bash that and maybe ruin it? Is that something that's in the back of your mind while you're, you're riding? You were worried about water. Like oh. we, there's a few sec. We did a Albany to Denmark and it was after a lot of rain and there was that section along the, um, what's that river called? It's that, you the know, Hay river. the Hay River. Yeah. Did you go through those puddles? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at one point, my my bike was fully submerged. The, the motor was fully submerged. And I was thinking, Did you not go around, though? Well, we kind of got into pun- a habit of just going right through. There was a few that around. Because I remember I, there was a local girl driving her car through there. And she passed me. And then she stopped in front of one of those big puddles. And I think she was getting out her stuff so Dad could come pick her up in the full drive. But there was easy, like... This one go didn't around, have an didn't easy it? go around. I think it was so flooded by that point that it like literally you cut. There was no side air space yeah. to like Actually, yeah, drive I around. Because Aaron was waiting for me at one, and I was just like, Wee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, that that really worried me because, um, you know, flooding the motor is a concern, mm. but it seemed to be okay. You know, like touch wood. Uh, I have hit the crank, like it, it has hit stuff, but. To be honest, I'm not really worried about the motor because the motor seems to be be okay. Mm. Yeah. It just, you know, I think if you're going to do like a jump that is really tight, you just need to take it at speed and just hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) And kind of on that, like maintenance costs, is it more expensive than a regular bike? Is there more to check? Is there more to service? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if you use it as frequently as Don does as well, like every time we bring it in to get a service, the guys are like, wow, you guys really made the most of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, when I'm riding by myself, I push really hard because I'm like, yes, you have a motor, but you know, I, I've been, I've ridden large sections of the Mandabidi, um, you know, with an, well, I've ridden all of it with an acoustic bike, but I've ridden day to day sections on an acoustic bike so m- my view of it is that i don't really need an electric bike but it's nice to have so i'm like well just push yourself let's just mm. let's just go hard so because of that i probably pushed the bike really hard and so i only did about two and a half thousand k's on the bike and had to change the chains because wow. they were like you've worn these out um brake pads brake pads completely worn out the front to like zero percent you know like Mm. it it's something that i've noticed is uh you you wear through a lot more because the bike weighs more uh you're going faster so you're gonna wear through and you're covering huge k's like Mm. it's just obviously makes sense that it's gonna wear and tear fast so we're we're getting it pretty regularly doing maintenance like, I feel like I've seen the guys at least once a month that yeah, I know that yeah, I recently, know names at 99 Bikes. You have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I come in, I apologize for how dirty just certain parts are. Yeah. Sna- um, snapping spokes seems to be way yeah. worse because, you know, you're going so fast. Because when you get, you know, you, you'd know, when you're traveling on, on some of these dirt tracks, you can't really go that fast. But because you've got a motor, you can probably get that little bit faster than you would normally and you just snap spokes so easily 
um, you you just had your bike in this week or last yep. week, was it? This yep. week? Last week. Last week. Already I know the bike pads are like, I have like 25% left and the chain's getting close to being needing to be replaced. And I've only had it since July? Yeah. July. You had, and you had two spokes snapped that time. Yeah. I had, you know, a spoke snapped not that long ago. I've got another spoke snapped. So it it, it is a bit more expensive. Um, but, you know, if you take into account that this is also our second car, mm. a lot cheaper than maintaining a car, as you oh, would yeah. know, Mark. <laughs> and also the fun and exercise of it all, being outside. Like, it's worth it if you're going to... Like, we're really using them. We're really making the most of them. So yeah, yeah. I could imagine... A lot of people might, I mean, not a lot of people, some people might um, take them out like once a month or something. So obviously hmm. they're going to get kept for longer. Yeah. Mm. Well, on that, do you want your platform and your soapbox now, Don, to talk about why everyone should have an e-bike? Sure. Especially, especially in <laughs> Perth? Yeah, sure. So, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty left-leaning and very environmentally minded. And I'll say that the, the electric bike to me has been life changing and I and <laughs> um, I understand you know like the the fervency of when people become vegans and they want to tell everyone <laughs> I feel like that about electric bikes like yeah. it's just the best thing you know like it really is the best thing that's ever happened to bicycles and one of the best things that's happened to me <laughs> you know like I I really believe the electric bike is the answer to so many problems, you know, like why, if you're within five Ks of your house, all those journeys should be an electric bike because it just means that, you know, you're not using your car to like, just go to like, if you, you know, within the K from us, there's a lot of places that are great to eat and we've walked to them sometimes, but you can travel a little bit further and a little bit faster on an electric bike. Hmm. Um, and yeah. carry more stuff. And carry more stuff. Like, you know, we, we went to to the city the other day and we did our shopping. We went to, like, uh, Watertown and we went into the city itself. And we did the whole day car-free. And the electric bike facilitated that in a way that an acoustic bike just wouldn't because it made it easy for us to do all of those Ks and, and to, you know, to do everything. And... It, it means that on a day like today, like it was really windy, I went out for a ride. Hmm. Whereas I probably on the acoustic bike would have gone, nah, it looks a bit windy today. I won't yeah. bother. Yeah, I do that. I'm always checking the wind <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, like the thing is, it, it there's so many times where I think the electric bike would be better. Because, I mean, who really with a lot of city stuff, driving is awful. It's slow. It's cumbersome. There's, you know, it's, it's a waste. You know, you're driving a box for five people around mm. when it's one person. Yeah. That's most of the time. So I've done the calculations. Like for me, just on my road bike, door to door, going to work, if I actually did go to work, <laughs> is the same time whether I take the bus or I ride. Now with an e-bike, I'd be going a, a little bit slower, mm. but it would still be worth it. And like that... The cost of an e-bike, if you average or you add up what you'd spend on public transport, it'd pay for itself in a year and a half, I would say. Yeah. And plus you're having more fun. You're not stuck on a bus the whole time. You're getting to see the river. You can pick different routes. I think 
And if you drove, I think it would just be infinitely more enjoyable than yelling at cars two in front of you for leaving a, a big gap and not accelerating and someone cutting in front of you. It's just... And with the, the PSP network in Perth, it's just... It's so accessible because people are living around the freeways and the bike path's already there and they're getting mm. better. It just makes more sense. Yeah, definitely. I think that makes a big difference that we... I'm often very much of the mind that you know, a lot of people say, oh, we're so lucky about this and this in Perth. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, but no, we're not really. Mm. But the PSP is really probably one of the best in Australia in terms of networks for cycling around a city. Um, and because of that, we're very lucky in that you can travel pretty easily as long as you live either on a freeway or a highway or along the river mm. to get to anywhere. And because of that, you know, there, there have been times where we've been able to do things like, for example, going into the city, going and doing our shopping and coming back. And you can also bring that on, on public transport as well if you want. Mm. It's actually faster for us to get to Bull Creek Station by bike than it is by car because it's so much more direct to get there, whereas it's quite convoluted by car to get there. Mm. And then you have to pay for parking and exactly. all of that, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that PSP network, so it's only going to get better. Like you think between, what is it, Parry, Parry Ave and Mount Henry Bridge? Mm. Like that was an okay section. Like you had to cross Parry Ave, but the amount of money they're spending just to upgrade that so you don't have to stop at a road yeah. is just ridiculous. And that's just going to get better until 2050 when they have this huge plan already laid out. So I'm excited for per cycling. Yeah, oh, yeah. Can't wait for the the Frio PSP to be completed. So that should be pretty soon, I think. It just there's that huge gap at Tideman Road, and I hate <laughs> riding along there with the trucks and everything else. So I hope there's a flyover over Tideman to mm. get you into Frio. Is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest about e-biking, Don? Uh, I guess the other thing that people might ask there is, well, you know, it is more. It is more carbon intensive than an acoustic bike. Uh, the thing I'd say there is that yes, that is probably that is true, but it is still better than electric car because electric cars. If you think about how much an e-bike battery weighs, so um, I've been. I guess the other inverse of what we've been doing, like with when I ride with Alyssa, it's more <coughs> kind of us keeping pace together. But I've been also been doing rides that are really long. So mm. like I did um, dwelling up to Collie and I used two spare batteries with that. And I was able to do that in a, in a day pretty much. The thing I'd say is that each battery weighs three kilos versus how much a battery in a Tesla weighs yeah. and the amount of lithium in that. So while electric cars are great, and I think they're better than the, the diesel and um, you know petrol cars that we have now, they still don't solve a lot of problems. Mm. They're a massive box for five people that takes up that much space. Uh, you know, there's that famous image of like, there's like, this is to transport this many people by car. This is if they walk, this is if they had bikes. Yeah. And bikes is not much more than walking, but cars is way, way, way more. Mm. So I think, you know, the good thing about an electric bike is that you can use them on the trail. 
he used them for so many purposes. Like when I ride with Alyssa, it's more about us, um, you know, using it as a bit of a handicap for our different uh, speeds. If you're quite a capable rider, you can use it for really long distance stuff. Um, you know, I'm planning on doing a nine day uh, Mandabidi, which, you know, people have done on acoustic bikes, but it'll be a lot easier on an electric and be, you know, quite manageable. But also that vehicle can then be used for so many purposes. Like if you need to go to the, to, you know, a cafe nearby to pick up something, you can do that. I do all my, all the mail runs on my bike. We've heard about your post office adventures. <laughs> uh, you know, getting attacked by, by honey eaters as I, as I go there, but it's, it's fantastic. And I really think that this is the answer. You know, I read an, there was an article in the conversation saying that electric cars are great, but they're not going to be enough. Mm. More people need to use bike trips. And if the electric bike is the answer for more people doing it rather than going, oh, well, I don't like by riding my bike, then I think that everyone just needs to do it. I think it's going to engage a wider community of people with differing abilities, differing like, yeah, like, uh, like ages and like skills levels as well. So more people out there moving, making the most of the bike paths. Mm. Mm. So I would say you guys are an outlier in Perth in that you're a two-person household with one car. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found that you've had an issue with only having one car and the bikes? Only for when we're doing hiking and we need someone to pick us up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only the, the other only time we have problems is that we need to be cleverer at managing things. Like if I say we're going to go um, put the car into the shop, has to be on a day Alyssa's free to do that. Yeah. You know, because there's things like that where it's a problem. But, I mean, most of the time, the box only drives Alyssa to work. And... Uh, and well, I drive you, it. How dare you call the extra <laughs> <a> box? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, if I need to... For most of my day-to-day things, like I'm at home, I might want to get lunch out rather than eating in because I'm sick of eating in. Mm. There's heaps of places within half an hour ride from home. Easy. Something appears at the post office. It's a half hour there and back to the post office. Mm. It's not a problem. You can get by with that. I've had things where Alyssa's gone off to do something and we've only had the bike. And that's been fine. That plus public transport. And a really good bike lock. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) That's That's the only thing about electric bikes is that they are a target because they're expensive. Yeah. So you just need to make sure your lock is good. Um, and to finish things off, Alyssa, as a now e-bike convert, mm. do you have any final words you could say to anyone who maybe doesn't enjoy cycling, is e-biking for them? Who doesn't enjoy cycling? Yeah. I say, like, give it a go. Like, if you know a friend who has one, ask if he can just trial it out and go up a hill and try, try it without the, the, the support and then try it with it. And like, go f- this, get the sensation of like beating your friends, or even just like going past other people on a on a bike trail and just be like ding ding and getting to overtake everyone. That that's where it's at. Also, then also the long distance stuff is very satisfying. But also, yeah, I think if you're not sure, just give it a try. 
might not be for you. I know some people are a bit terrified of the the power it wields. But um <laughs> but like start small, give it a go. Yeah. And do you guys see e-biking becoming a lot more prevalent on the Mundabidi? I think so. I mean, there's a few people now who, you know, Davey Nisbet is probably the the guy yeah. who's done a, a few end-to-ends on, a, on an electric. I think more people will, especially now the battery ranges are getting better. Um, I think Alyssa and I will be doing more electric biking trips. Um you know, in in the years to come, Don's slowly trying to like convince me to do different well, long distance. This is how he does it. He just like plants a seed and then slowly plans things, and <laughs> eventually I find myself on like a four hundred kilometer in a week kind of bike ride. Well, in a couple of weeks we're going on a ride together, and I'm going to have to keep up with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I can. Um, I'll be like, ding ding, bye, Mark. Yeah, and then. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be the one trailing behind. I'll feel like Aaron. <laughs> um, so yeah, on that note, e-bikes—they're great. We've had to listen to Don in our little chat group for the last year. Ugh. I've <laughs> had to put a ban on. It's actually topics. only six months. Six months. It feels. But like it feels a like year. a year. <laughs> it went from like burnt Jarrah to like e-bikes, and yeah. also now it's riding around the suburbs and pointing out how like unfriendly certain roads are for the bikes yeah and then soon because we're coming into summer it'll be how hot it is so. oh, yeah. it's just a <laughs> yeah. little cyclical loop <laughs> uh, so thanks Alyssa, for coming on and joining us um we will have you back in the next next episode where it will be uh-huh. a balanced pod and we're talking about a new hiking trail so stay tuned thank you everyone for listening if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of real trail talk then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help us to reach an audience, especially those who are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or contact us through our social media channels. Thanks again and stay tuned for our next episode.